Today's date is September 29th, 2023, and this is episode 41 with Alex Newman. And okay, so we're back live. Can I get a sound check 5-5 on my voice, please? All right. Mary, can we get you? I'm going to have to call in, open the call line. All right. Thank you. Uh, Got a 5 5 on Mary. You can hear Mary. Matt, can uh, we get a 5 5 hey, on hey, Matt? Hey. Can anybody hear Matt? Okay, 5-5 five, five on Matt. And how about Alex? Can I get a 5-5 five, five on Alex? Alex. Check, check, one, two. Check, check, one, two. Check, check. All right, so everybody's me? hearing. So for so, those that are joining us or listening to us on the record, we've already done our intro. And, uh, <laughs> and we had a sound problem, so we're back at it. So here's our rascals. Get here's our get behind me, Satan. And we're back. All right. So we have Mary and Matt. Flightworks Mary is with us, and Matt, our moderator, is with us. And our special guest tonight is Alex Newman. Alex Newman is the founder of Liberty Sentinel, which can be found on Lindell TV. And uh, would everyone please welcome Alex Newman? Alex, welcome to the Godcast. Thank you for joining us. It's an honor to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Uh, we could go on for hours and hours and hours and hours about your accolades. I couldn't believe I, you know, uh, I'm Matt. I Matt and Mary were laughing with me because uh, I was telling them the story, Alex, before you came on. A uh, little embarrassed. I don't know why your name didn't ring through my head and know who you were. Um, Dustin had set us up with you, and I was like, Alex Newman, okay, no problem. And then six weeks went by, and I'm like, so we should probably find out something about Alex Newman. <laughs> and, I just, and I could picture you going, just Google me, buddy. <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> because we did that, and yeah, it's uh, OAN, uh, Fox News, Breitbart, Breitbart uh, Drudge. You know, the list goes on and on and we could talk forever about your accolades and everything that you do. And it's quite incredible. Thank you so much for all the work that you do. Um, uh, thank you guys for, for having me. And yeah, Google's doing their best to, to disappear me and, and a lot of other people. And I, I consider that a badge of honor. Um, they, they've really rigged their algorithms to try to disappear websites, content, people, movies, whatever, blogs that they don't like. And uh, it's become more and more extreme. And now it's at the point where they're bragging about it. In fact, uh, the U.N., global communications czar melissa fleming uh she told the world economic forum last year uh, and i've got the video that yeah we're very proud of our partnership with google because uh, climate misinformation needs to be suppressed and so uh yep i consider it a badge of honor that they're trying to suppress the uh, truthful information that we're putting out yeah you know you're doing something yeah. right when they don't want you to talk anymore <laughs> that's right yeah exactly um i think the most impressive thing about you is that you're a child of god and that you've even said, yeah, I'm going to go on this little show called the Godcast that nobody's ever heard before, even though you are who you said you are. And, and, and you'd only do that because you are a child of God. And that's the amazing thing. Um, so, so wonderful. Thank you so much. No, thank you yeah. guys. Again, it's an honor to be here. And, uh, you know, that's the most important thing when, when people talk about, you know, who are you? The most important thing is, Hey, I've, I've been adopted into God's family. 
everything else is secondary and all of it should be for the glory of God, including any career accomplishments or anything like that. Um, if that's not done in service to God, it's all a waste anyway. It's it's going to be completely erased. It's, you know, everything on this planet is going to burn up at some point and only <laughs> what is done for Christ will uh, will last into eternity. So amen to that. I All have right. a quick question, Alex. So would it be okay if we interrupted you at certain points to ask a question or, of course. Absolutely. or uh, have dialogue? Okay, mm -hmm. great. Just wanted to make sure. And I have one question. I read in your bio that you've lived in eight countries and you have, uh, you ha uh, speak multiple languages. What languages do you speak? Uh, well, I grew up speaking Spanish, uh, learned Spanish before English, and then we moved to Mexico, and my parents put me in a French school, so I learned French at the French school and, and while living in Mexico. Then we moved to Brazil, so I learned Portuguese. Uh, we moved to Switzerland, so I learned German and Swiss German. I lived in the Swiss German part of Switzerland. Uh, moved to South Africa, learned some Afrikaans, uh, moved to France, practiced and improved my French, moved to Sweden, learned Swedish. Um, went to Spain and practiced my Spanish a little more. And, uh, Hey, now I'm back in the United States and practicing my English. So <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Awesome. All right. We're going to get started here shortly into your testimony, but before we do everyone, please let's uh, get into a prayer here. Bow our heads, please. Everybody. All right. Dear heavenly father, thank you for today. God, thank you for the God cast. Um, father, we are here to praise and glorify you. And we thank you, Lord, for what we have here, this community, these friends, this family. And thank you for loving us. I uh, pray for Alex as he gives his testimony tonight. Let his story bring salvation to the unsaved and encourage the believers. And we pray that hearts are brought closer to you through this testimony, Lord. We ask that you bless us tonight, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ron. My pleasure. All right, Alex, uh, we're going to hand this microphone, this floor over to you, sir. Uh, please share with us what God has done in your life. Sure. Well, it's an honor to, to be able to share with you uh, the story. It's, um, you know, li like every story of salvation, it's uh, it's truly incredible. It's truly a miracle. It's truly uh, the work of God. So my story, I, I, since I grew up, uh, what we jokingly say is CEO Catholic. We would go to Catholic church on Christ Christmas and Easter only, right? CEO is that's where that comes from. So um, occasionally we would go to Catholic church. Occasionally we would say a prayer before meals. Um, but I do remember distinctively growing up, you know, I, I was one of those kids that's so annoying. You know, why, 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 why? And, and you know, finally, when my parents ran out of answers, it was just because God made it that way or because God, God ordained that that should be like, oh, OK. And so that always stuck with me. Um, I, I really went uh, very far off the rails. Um, I mean, like, I, I can't even probably share all the details, but I started smoking cigarettes still in elementary school, got addicted to cigarettes in uh, middle school, uh, started drinking hard liquor early middle school. I'm in sixth grade. Yeah, this was in uh, Brazil, uh, you know, buying lots of liquor, drinking with my friends uh, from there, graduated very rapidly to smoking marijuana. Um, and, you know, it, it was downhill from there. Um, by the time we moved over to Switzerland, I, I had graduated to any drug you can think of and a whole bunch that you can't. Um, uh, really, really significant drug abuse problems. Um, and, and, you know, to the extent that I went to school at all, I, I was always high. Um, just a mess of a kid, if you can imagine. Um, 
to the extent that I did anything at school, it was, you know, cheating on the test. I ended up getting myself kicked out of school in uh, in 10th grade, um, ran away from home, went to go live with a girlfriend, um, abused drugs more and more, started selling drugs because I needed money after leaving my parents' house. I needed to be able to, uh, you know, do the things like take drugs that I, I thought were important. So I started selling drugs. Um, you know, in, in my defense, not all of it was illegal. Um, in Canton, Zurich at that time, uh, drug use was, um, mostly legal. Uh, in fact, heroin was given to heroin addicts for free. I hadn't graduated to, to that level yet in high school, but, um, heroin, they were, the government was giving it out for free to heroin addicts. Marijuana was legal. Magic mushrooms really, you could go into these things called smart shops and buy pretty much anything, uh, you know, speed, amphetamines, uh, any kind of, uh, hallucinogenic you can think of and a whole bunch you can't. So in, in my partial defense, a lot of that was legal. And that was a, a downward spiral from there. I ended up becoming suicidal. Um, you know, it just is so lost. You, you almost can't even put it into words. So I got kicked out of high school in 10th grade and it never went back. Actually, I honestly, I thought school was really stupid and I, I still think that today actually. So that, that part hasn't changed. Um, yeah, and, and these were these were not like regular public schools that Americans would be familiar with. These were um, very elite schools that I grew up in. I mean, the schools where prime ministers, presidents, ambassadors, CEOs send their kids to. I went to school with the children of billionaires and stuff. So very uh, bizarre upbringing. It would be totally unrecognizable to your average person on this planet. Um, but yeah, I got really deep into the drugs. Uh, the day of my 18th birthday, I, I ended up getting a lot of money. Uh, I, I had worked as a child actor in Mexico uh, doing movies and commercials. So I had a big bank account. My parents were just smart enough not to let me touch the money. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it all would have gone to, to drug use and, and partying and other dumb things. So my parents were, were smart and they said, you can't have your money. Uh, but then when I turned 18, they couldn't stop me anymore. So I, I literally the day of my 18th birthday, I got my money and um, bought a plane ticket to South Africa because what else would you do on your 18th birthday? Um Again, massive amounts of stupid things, uh, things that I'm certainly not proud of. Uh, got myself addicted to serious drugs, started uh, with crystal meth. And, um, you know, it was very cheap at the time. And, and a lot of my friends were into it. So it, it didn't occur to me that this was unbelievably dangerous. Uh, you know, wrecked a few cars, drunk drivers. I mean, just things that are so wicked and so evil. Total carelessness. I mean, you know, driving around drunk, like, you know, I don't even care that. I might, you know, kill a family. It's just, it's just terrible, terrible things. Um, bribing the cops to make sure I didn't get in, get, end up in jail. Uh, you know, sexual things that, uh, you know, just very shameful. Um, nothing involving, you know, homosexuality or anything like that. Praise the Lord, but certainly uh, just very, very shameful uh, stuff. And uh, eventually, got myself kicked out of South. So I mean, that's just to give you a picture of how bad, how lost I had gotten, and. Uh, it really, it's it's only because of God's miraculous hand of protection that I, I didn't die or end up in in a prison somewhere rotting away. You know, that, that would have been the, the obvious place for me to be is either dead or in jail based on the life that I was living. Very few people know this stuff. I, I haven't shared it uh, very broadly. Um, but so that that's kind of my background. I ended up getting kicked out of South Africa because I, I wasted my money. So I rented a beachfront apartment and bought a nice Audi and you know, partying every night. I blew through money like it was going out of style. So as soon as my, my bank account dropped below, I think it was like the equivalent of like $5,000 or something. Um, they wouldn't renew my visa anymore. Um, so I, I, I couldn't get a, a renewal of my temporary residence permit. So I left um, and I didn't want to come back to the United States. I'm not really sure why, but ended up um, ended up in France. 
um, going to college there, uh, you know, mostly doing drugs and, and partying, but officially going to college. And, um, you know, it, it started to hit me that the path that I was on was not appropriate. I, I still didn't have any conception of, you know, I need to be reading my Bible or I, I need to repent and uh, beg the Lord for forgiveness. That that still hadn't crossed my mind, but it, it I started realizing that, you know, th- this path that I'm on is really a dead end and I'm going to run out of money pretty soon. And then I'm going to have to do serious things like either work for a living or rob people or, you know, other unsavory <laughs> things. Like, wow, this, this is not good. So, yeah. um, when I, when I finished with France, I went, uh, I, I met this wonderful girl there, um, who ended up becoming my wife. Actually, she's just on the other side of that door right there. But, uh, I, I didn't know at the time she would become my wife, but I just, when I, when I met her, I just was like, Oh my goodness, you're amazing. Like <laughs> she was so sweet and so nice. And so innocent, you know, she, she, she wasn't into any of that stuff. Like she had never smoked marijuana before. And I'm like, what kind of girl is this? She's so sweet. And she's so cute. And so anyways, I, I met her and, um, that, that may have had something to do with me coming to my senses, but uh, definitely not saved. So I went back to the United States and figured, I, I guess I better get some more college done or I'm going to have real trouble. Uh, ended up at the University of Florida. You know, more of the stupid stuff. But but at the same time, I, I became a, a libertarian. Uh, I, I met some young people that kind of got me tuned on to libertarianism. And that was mostly out of a rebellious spirit. I don't want to pretend like there was anything spiritual there. I just thought it was, you know, of course, the government shouldn't tell me I can't do drugs. <laughs> of course, they shouldn't tell me I can't do what I want to do. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily the best of motivations. But, um, you know, it, as always with God, you know, he, he orders your steps even while you're still in rebellion. And so he used that to kind of get me down this path of pursuing truth and and pursuing knowledge. And I, I still wasn't pursuing God's truth, but I was interested in how does the world really work? You know, a lot of those drug abuse sessions where I was hallucinating or, or taking speed, and I, I was asking myself these important questions. And, and I recognized uh, that something was really wrong with the world. I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And I had different ideas. Maybe it's government. Maybe it's this. I, you know, I didn't recognize that it's because we're we're fallen and because of sin that this world is such a mess. But I, I recognize that clearly something was was not right. And uh, as I was searching for truth, I, I joined up with some other uh, kids at college. We started a college newspaper. Um, and and as I was seeking for truth, you know, God was kind of quietly at first, or at least I couldn't hear it very clearly, but he was kind of quietly drawing me in. And, and I didn't know what it meant. But so so two of my top deputies were, were actually homosexuals, my uh, my publisher and uh, my bureau chief. These were like my my right hand man and my left hand man at this newspaper. And and one day I just it just occurred to me, there's all these Bible verses about liberty and we're doing a newspaper about liberty. You know, maybe we should include a Bible verse. And and that ended up a, a big conflict because the, the other guys, you know, they're homosexual. They're like, no, you know, we, we want to do uh, rainbow stuff. And, and this was before homosexual marriage was a thing. I, I, it was like what 2008 or something. Um, so we had pretty divergent views at that point. I, I started realizing that, you know, there's something wrong with these things they are sinful. They really wanted to promote that. I didn't. And, um, my aunt, wonderful lady, I, uh, whenever I, I do share my testimony, I always have to give credit for her. She prayed for me for so many years. Um, and, and I would get into debates with her and she would explain to me that, you know, abortion was wrong. What do you mean abortion is wrong? I, I should be free to choose. And, uh, you know, how dare you try to limit promiscuity by uh, forcing women to carry? Yeah, you know, the standard ridiculous arguments right, that you hear yeah. from people who want to kill babies. Um, so she was she was always patient with me and she she would discuss with me and always praying. She do, Alex, I'm praying for you. And um, one day as I was working on uh, the newspaper and, and I had been studying some of this one world government stuff and, you know, these evildoers trying to set up their new world order. And as I was studying that, I, 
I, I knew a little bit about, you know, the Bible talks about this global evil system and whatever. So I, I, I certainly wasn't a theologian. I didn't have a well-developed eschatology, but I had heard little things here and there. That was right when YouTube was starting to get popular. Um, like, oh, that's interesting. And one day, I, you, you can't explain it except just, just the miraculous working of the Holy Spirit. Um, just this overpowering sense of the Bible is true came over me. And um, I mean, it, it was so powerful. I ran outside and I, call, I, I called my Aunt Jackie on the cell phone and I said, you were right. You were right. The Bible is true. The Bible is true. Like, I probably looked like an idiot, you know, screaming in the street. You're right. You're right. Um, uh, she's, like, she's like, yes, honey, the Bible is true. I've been trying to tell you that. And so, so what's just happened is here the Holy Spirit has opened your mind. And so that's very yes. good. But, you know, don't go overboard. Just calm yourself down and, you know, pray about it. So I, I hadn't read the Bible. So, you know, telling me the Bible is true. I, I didn't understand the full implications of that. But I knew, all right, I better start reading my Bible. And um, that began the process. You know, I, I consider that the the moment of... Uh, you know, the Lord just getting a hold of me and and rescuing me. And from there, you know, begins the the process of sanctification. And so that was a long process for me. And obviously it's still going on, but, you know, little by little, I thought, right, well, I got to stop doing all so many drugs and I got to stop smoking cigarettes and I got to stop being promiscuous. And I got, you know, I got to start doing these things properly. And, and still my thinking was radically unbiblical. Um, it was a couple of years after that, a guy asked me, uh, so, um, do you believe in evolution? And I laughed at the poor guy. Like, what, what kind of stupid question is that? Who, who would think to ask that dumb question? Of course, evolution is true. And, you know, later I had to eat crow and, and, and apologize. Like, I, I, I don't know where the guy is. So I, I can't apologize, but if I saw him, I would, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, years after that, I, I saw uh, Ken Tobin and he was going through all this stuff in the, um, public school textbooks, the arguments for evolution. Hey, that's what they taught me. And, and that's what they taught me. And, and, and you're right. It is foolishness. <laughs> and, um, so, so that's been an ongoing process of trying to bring my thinking and my worldview into alignment with the word of God. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, you know, I, I still have obviously uh, plenty of failings. Uh, I still have not successfully removed all sin from my life, but I can tell you what, um, God, uh, because of his power and because of his Holy spirit living within me, uh, I have been able to radically reform my life. Um, a lot of that, I mean, just everything has has been transformed. I mean, uh, rather than you know thinking all day every day about how I can go do immoral things because that would be fun. Now, you know, when when those thoughts enter my mind or when I do uh, fail in some way, oh my goodness, I, I'm so sorry, Lord, please forgive me, please help me to do better. So, you know, when the Bible talks about you get a new heart. Um, it's very true. It, your desires are radically different. So yeah. you know, back then, my desire was for the next high or for the next girl, and and now my desire is for pleasing the Lord and 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 serving the Lord in everything that I do. And uh, you know that that transformation is supernatural. Uh, there, there's no conceivable explanation other than the the power of our God. And so that that's kind of my testimony in a, a very abbreviated form there were a lot of you know detours along the way but um that's what happened the lord just got a hold of me revealed to me that the bible was true i right away started reading the bible and as much as and, and yeah i honestly i didn't understand it um very i, I started with the book of revelation which you know may, maybe wow. was a mistake i don't know <laughs> it didn't make any sense yeah i didn't have the context for you know well, well, what does this mean i didn't have the old testament background i didn't have the new testament background yeah, so yeah. a lot of it was just like wow, that's crazy. I don't know what that means. It's interesting. Uh, and then from there, you know, my, my aunt said, well, you know, go start at the beginning of the New Testament and, and read your way through the New Testament and go back to the Old Testament. So I did that. And, um, and uh, yeah, you know, that, that um, 
fortunately, that got me thinking uh, more clearly about, about the meaning of life, about what I should do. I uh, mm-hmm. ended up uh, asking this wonderful girl to, to marry me. We have five children now, and we're doing our best to bring them up in the fear and the admonition, the discipline of the Lord. And um, we homeschool them now because we, we're not willing to hand them over to a godless um, indoctrination system masquerading as an education system. And, um, you know, just, just doing what we can to, to honor and glorify Christ in, in whatever we do. So. Awesome. I have a question. So, um, as far as your, your wife's know, so was she a Christian at the same time as you or before, or, you know, how did that, uh, transpire? Was it something that you shared your faith with her or? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to speak for her, but this is kind of the, the, you know, when, when I met her, she was kind of like me, she had grown up, but not, not CEO Catholic, but maybe CEO Lutheran. Uh, so she, she's from Sweden and in Sweden, everybody, you know, at, at least back in the day, everybody, as soon as you're born, you're automatically baptized. You're automatically considered a member of the Swedish Lutheran church. I mean, to, to this day, more than two thirds of the population is officially members of the Swedish Lutheran church. Uh, if you know anything about the Swedish Lutheran church, it is the biggest Lutheran uh, denomination in the world. Uh, it's also unbelievably apostate. It is heretical in in every way shape and form um they have completely departed from the faith they have completely rejected the word of god so it, it's not a legitimate church in any sense i mean they still have beautiful buildings and uh you know officially their theology is partly correct right but um but a lot of it now they, they they've thrown out the truth and they've adopted the world's view on many things that are clearly in contradiction of the bible so that was her background she was baptized she did her you know confirmation and you know she did the rituals but didn't have a saving faith um and uh i actually came to know the lord before she did um uh in a in a true way right i mean again she yeah, had the, yeah. you know, the, the childhood upbringing that you know a lot of us in the western world have but without you know the, the true relationship with christ and so we went through um a very difficult time in our relationship um, when I had moved over to Sweden, this was in, um, 2009, uh, right when I got out of the university of Florida, I moved over to Sweden to be with her. It was just a lot easier for me to go there than for her to come here because of, you know, the legal process was much simpler for me to do that. We went over there and we had, we had a rough time. Um, and you know, my response to that was, well, I know the Bible's true and, uh, I know the Bible talks about these things, so I better read it. Um, and so, you know, she, she saw me doing that. She saw me in the word and praying and, and, um, and, and I think that had a profound impact on her. And, uh, when we uh, came to the United States, the first, we, we decided pretty early on, we weren't going to be able to do that long-term. Um, the regime there, uh, decided to ban homeschooling in about, uh, 2011, I believe it was. Um, and, you know, we had already kind of decided that we weren't going to raise the children that, you know, in the worldly way. Um, and so she, she kind of was, you know, absorbing what I was doing, what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then when we first came to the United States in 2013, just as kind of like on an exploration mission, you know, is that someplace we could go? What would it be like? Is there a community we'd want to settle in? Uh, we ended up in a, a little church not far from where I'm sitting right now. And uh, my wife said, you know what, I, I think I'm going to be baptized again. And uh, so we went down to the beach and and she got baptized again. Um, nice. And um, yeah, so so that was that. Yeah, that's really interesting. The family dynamics that are involved with faith, and uh, you know how we're introduced and how we grow, and and I also took note of how your you mentioned your aunt had um, 
been praying for you. And we've heard, heard that so many times with people sharing their testimony that it's a family member off in the, off in the corners of you, maybe sometimes of your life and just continually praying for, for a loved one. And I just, I thought when you, when you first shared that, my first thought was, wow, she probably was so excited. Like she probably was jumping up inside, you know, up and down inside and just like, okay, well, you knew, you know, just calm down, but she's probably like <laughs> inside just going, wow, I can't believe it. I've been praying for this. So I yep. just, I, I really, I'm glad that you shared that aspect because it gives a lot of people hope that the prayers that they're, I mean, these can go on, you know, 50 years for somebody yeah. and not to give up. Yep. That's you know, something that we've so. spoken about here on Godcast is we, we always talk about salvation and we always want to encourage everybody for, to, to pray for those that, that, um, that doesn't, that don't know it, that doesn't know him. And it, it's so hard. It's, it's so hard to constantly put someone's name in your prayer every day, but please do that. It makes such a difference. Um, my testimony, I had, I had two guys that were praying for me. And when I called them to tell them I was saved, neither of them were surprised. <laughs> you know, I called and I said, Hey, guess what? Guess what? And they both, both of them, two different conversations said, you got saved today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how did you know? I said, well, I've been praying for you, you know, and, and that's it. So please, for the listeners that are out there, you all have someone that you love. There's always someone in your life that doesn't know God. Pray for that person, pray for them constantly. And like Mary said, you might be praying for 50 years, but don't give up. Don't give up. Keep yeah, praying. Exactly. Because this Alex Newman is a perfect example of the fruits of prayer. A perfect yeah. example. Exactly. Praise God for your aunt. Yeah. yeah. I also took note of um, how you mentioned your re the rebellious spirit. God used that in you to, to kind of instill a passion to seek truth. Yeah. And I think there's quite a bit of us here that in this community that can relate to that, you know? So that's really interesting that you took note of that with, with God uses everything, yep. every part, nothing is wasted. And so that's, that's really cool that you noticed that, that God had used that part of you. Yep. Yeah. When I look back now, even the times that were darkest, um, you know, I didn't see it at the time, but I, I see now the hand of God, you know, protecting me and leading me and uh, guiding me to uh, the eventual objective of uh, bringing me into the family. And, um, you know, when, when you see that, when you look back at your life and you see that you just, you have this profound awe, this just incredible love that, yeah. oh my goodness, I, I was off doing all these horrible things and still God was looking out for me and still he loved yeah. me. And, you know, it's just, it's so humbling. Yeah. And he's certainly using you in just a remarkable platform that you have. And we've got a lot of um, homeschoolers in this community that are listening today. And um, it's really uh, encouraging. How did you kind of get, how did, uh, how did that kind of pro progress into that? Like, and where was God in that as, as far as the homeschooling part? So uh, that's an interesting story, too. I, I actually had no experience at all with the American public education system. I, I never stepped foot in an American um, public school until college. You know, I, I went to um, University of Florida and did a little bit of time at the uh, Miami-Dade College. So uh, I, I didn't realize how bad it was. The only experience that my family had had was my, uh, my younger brother 
uh, he came back and did part of his senior year in high school, and it was a total disaster. I mean, I, I won't share his story. I hope someday he'll be able to share uh, an incredible testimony as well. But it turned into a disaster. So that was the extent of my knowledge of the public school system. But uh, again, you know, the hand of God working in, um, I think it was 2011, I started looking into, uh, there, there was a little very brief article in a local newspaper about these national standards that were coming down. Hmm, interesting national standards. You know, I knew about enough about the constitution at that time. I thought, That's weird. Uh, you know, where in the world would anyone get the authority to come up with national education standards? There was a little thread and I started pulling on it. You know, what, what am I going to find? Turns out I found a monster and it was an absolute monster. This was yeah. the, the common core machine. This was early, early on the common core, right? People still hadn't heard of common core. It wasn't a topic of discussion, just a little blurb in a local newspaper. I started researching that and that led me to do my first really significant research into education. Um, I think I published an article in 2012. It ended up being a cover story in the New American Magazine about Common Core. And this was still before Common Core was well known. It was before it was a big deal. It had already started being imposed, but it, it was kind of a new thing. Nobody knew much about it. And so that was my first foray into this. And I realized right away, something is very, very fishy with this. And so I dug more. And then um, got a really interesting phone call from Dr. Samuel Blumenfeld. Uh, here's the end product of that phone call. So Dr. Blumenfeld, uh, an amazing man. He actually, um, he passed away a few years ago at uh, the age of 96, maybe. Um, but he was born uh, a Jew in New York. And uh, his parents had immigrated from Poland. And um, he came to know the Lord um, by reading the New Testament. Um, fascinating testimony that he had as well. Um, he was kind of a non-religious Jew, and then he read the New Testament and realized, whoa, Jesus is actually the Messiah. <laughs> so uh, so that was his story. But he spent 60 years of his life studying the education system. And so when he called me and said, hey, Alex, um, you know, I've seen your articles in the New American. I've seen your articles in World Net Daily. Um, he, that was at, at the time a conservative Christian you know, powerhouse, and he and I were both writing for it. it it's it's been reduced quite a bit. The CEO had a stroke and stuff, but at the time it was a big uh, outlet. And so he called me and he said, you know, I've seen your articles on education. I'm wondering, would you be willing to collaborate with me on this big project? You know, I've done 12, 13 books on education. I want to do one more. And uh, I'd like somebody young to, to come alongside me and work with me. And, and I know you're up to speed on what's going on right now and where this is all headed. I'm really knowledgeable about what led up to this moment. So we'd make uh, you know, a good team. And uh, we ended up collaborating to write this book. Uh, and I think it was published in, uh, what was it, originally in uh, 2014, maybe. The name of it? Uh, it's called Crimes of the Educator. Yeah, 2014 we published. Okay. Uh, Crimes of the Educators, How Utopians Are Using Government Schools to Destroy America's Children. And as I, as I, I, when I started working with Sam, I read every one of the education books he has written. I, again, he's written 12 or 13 now. I might have lost track. But that for me was just unbelievably eye-opening whoa so this is what's going on so um you know this was all before our children were older our first son was born in uh, 2010 so he would have been you know two three years old while i'm working on this project he wasn't ready for mm -hmm. school yet my wife was was home from work with him and uh, as i'm learning this stuff I, I said to her look honey you know we are not doing this period end of discussion we are not sending our children into this monstrous system and so she agreed. We, we didn't know what we were going to do exactly. And uh, still living in Sweden at the time. And I got a phone call from the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, which is you know the biggest uh, homeschool alliance. And I think they represent like 700,000 families 
And um, it was a guy called Mike Donnelly. And I, I love Mike Donnelly. He, um, he's become a friend. He, he's no longer with HSLDA. But he said, look, Alex, I, I'm in charge of international matters for HSLDA. And there's a horror story taking place in Sweden right now. The government has kidnapped a homeschool child named Dominic Johansson. And um, would you be willing to write some articles on it? You know, we know you're a journalist. We know you're in Sweden. Could you please shine some light on this horrific abuse that's been perpetrated? You know, long story short, the government decided that uh, they were going to kidnap this homeschool child. Uh, they actually said one of the reasons they were kidnapping him was homeschooling. They later added on a few like, oh, he didn't get all his vaccines and he had a cavity that his parents were planning on treating in India. So Sweden banned homeschooling. <laughs> this family had decided, all right, we're not going to go for that. They, they, were, they got on a plane. They were going to go to India where the mother was from and they were going to homeschool in India. And so the government didn't want that. They sent stormtroopers onto the plane. They grabbed this child, dragged him off the plane, stole him from his parents. And so that's how that was my first real introduction to the homeschooling movement was covering this horrific story. I, I probably did eight articles in eight different publications about what was happening in Sweden. And that brought me into contact with the homeschool community there, which was not very big. There was maybe 200 families that were involved in homeschooling and their courage and, and their tenacity was amazing to me. Right. So the government comes in and says it's now a crime to homeschool your children. They, they literally followed in the footsteps of Adolf Hitler. Uh, the first guy to ever criminalize parents educating their children at home. So they followed in the footsteps of Adolf Hitler. They said, we're going to smash you if you try to continue homeschooling. And um, so I, I connected with the homeschool community there. And I was amazed because they, they didn't say, OK, here's our children. They said, no, we're not going to submit to that. We are not doing it. We're not giving you our children. And um, praise God for that. I, absolutely. It was <laughs> extraordinary. I was a little. Um, and so. Uh, I marched through Stockholm with them. About 100 of the families said, um, you know, if we can't homeschool here, we're out of here. And so they marched through downtown Stockholm and they carried signs and they said, we're, we're leaving. And they, they stopped at the education ministry and they, they put their grievances there. The, the slimy education minister wouldn't even meet with them. He was um, too good for that. Um, supposedly with the Liberty Party there, right? The irony is just amazing. So the education minister wouldn't <laughs> meet with them. So they all marched down to uh, a ship and they boarded a ship. And they sailed off to Finland. They sailed to a little island in the Baltic Sea where they speak Swedish, but it's under Finnish jurisdiction. And the education minister actually met them there and said, hey, welcome to Finland. You know, we're very glad to have you here in Finland. Parents are in charge. So that was my introduction to homeschooling. And, and I fell in love with the idea, with the concept. Again, our, our kids, were we only had, I guess, two at that time. Uh, neither of them was really old enough for formal schooling. But we decided that's something interesting. And uh, the more we thought about it and prayed about it, the more we realized, you know, there's something something really special here. And, um, you know, my thoughts certainly weren't as well developed at that time as they are today. I mean, today mm -hmm. I, I view homeschooling as the biblical gold standard. I recognize yeah. that it's maybe not for everybody, but as I read the scriptures, you know, God very clearly gives instructions for educating, raising, and discipling children. And I'll tell you what, they don't involve handing your child over to a godless government that murders babies with tax money and expecting them to, to learn something useful. Uh, in fact, that I, I believe is strictly pro prohibited in the scriptures. And, uh, you know, I, I say it without hesitation now. I, I do not believe a Christian can continue to send their children to a public school and do what God is asking them to do and follow his instructions. So uh, my thoughts have, of course, become much more well-developed since, since those early years. And uh, as we started trying it, we realized, wow, you know, all, all the, the fake uh, criticisms of homeschooling are, are total lies, right? Our, our children are better yeah. socialized than yeah. kids in the government schools. Uh, they're, they're learning much better. They, uh, so we, we just fell in love with it. Now, you know, we got five and, and we're homeschooling them and wouldn't trade it for the world. So. <laughs>
really awesome. It sounded like the Mayflower when you told the story. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're leaving the country to go to another country. Yeah, we're we're, we're not going to submit to to evil. And, um, and, you know, they they did. And God bless them. A a lot of those families are still there. And other than the kids that they stole, other than the kids the government kidnapped, uh, the regime, Mm -hmm. as far as I know, didn't get a single additional child in those indoctrination centers masquerading at schools. So awesome. Yep. You were going to say something, Ron? Sorry. Uh, I, I understand there's a family here in the United States that's in danger of being deported because they were homeschooling in their country that they left there. They're like uh, uh, homeschooling refugees here. Yep. And uh, are you familiar with that? I am. Yeah, yeah, I followed their case very closely. In fact, uh, in 2012, we had the first ever global home education conference in Berlin, Germany. Um, and we did it there okay. for a very deliberate reason. Uh, Adolf Hitler, again, was the first guy to ever try to criminalize home education. And, uh, you know, after we denazified Germany, my grandpa was actually over there with the occupation force. He was in the U.S. Army. Um, we, we got rid of most of their Nazi laws, but not their homeschool ban that came from the Nazis. So homeschooling really? has been banned in Germany ever since. No kidding. And, um, it's horrific. It's it's barbaric to the max. I mean, they will rip apart a family because the family won't hand them over to the godless government to learn witchcraft and paganism and feminism and abortion and godlessness from these uh, indoctrination centers masquerading in schools. And so I met a lot of these German families that were facing persecution. Uh, some of them had been fined. Some of them had been threatened with arrest. Some of them had had uh, stormtroopers bust into their house and kick in their doors to kidnap their children. Uh, I mean, it, it, and and frankly, you know, people say, well, it's not North Korea. It's, you know, it's not the Soviet Union. You know, what, what could be worse for a parent than having their child kidnapped? You know, I, I, throw me in jail any day, right? Kidnapping children, that's a whole nother level of evil. So the persecution that these families are facing in Germany is some of the most monstrous persecution that a, that a person can be faced with. You know, and I mean that in the most literal sense. I think you talk to any parent, they would rather be tortured than lose their children yeah. to a system like this. And um, and yet that's what was happening. So uh, the Romaike family is um, an extraordinary family. They, they fled to the United States. They were granted asylum in the United States. And they should have been granted asylum in the United States based on our asylum laws. They were fleeing government persecution. They had a well-founded fear of persecution based on their religious beliefs. And their religious beliefs are that they need to do what God wills and educate their children in the admonition, discipline, and instruction of the Lord. So they they fled to the United States. They were granted asylum. And the Obama administration decided, no, they can't have asylum here. So they wasted massive amounts of tax money. They had the DOJ appeal that ruling. And they finally found a judge who would uh, revoke their asylum. Uh, right. We got the, right now millions of people flooding into this country. Oh, I'm a, I'm a homosexual and I live in Nicaragua where they don't like homosexuals. Oh, OK, here you go. No problem. Yeah. Right. Oh, you're, you're, you're going to have your family torn apart and you're going to go to jail and be bankrupted. Oh, well, yes. Sorry. We're just going to send you home. Right. Uh, Nazi laws. Oh, no problem. You, you know, just go deal with. It. So th- that's the, the, the wickedness that we're dealing with right now. And so um, fortunately, they were given um, deferred action on their deportation. So even though the Obama administration was successfully able to get their asylum overturned, um, they were graciously allowed to stay in the United States. They had several more children who were born here. Some of their children have now married Americans. So they are now a part of our country. You know, some of their kids are, are natural born Americans. They were born here as American citizens. Other of their kids have married Americans. And now the Biden administration has decided, hey, we've got 8 million uh, new arrivals. We've got 8 million more on the way, but we don't have space for this Christian German family. We're going to deport them back to their country so that their family can be torn apart and they can be thrown in jail. 
It's, uh, it, it, it's barbarism, it's wickedness, it's savagery. And it really tells you everything you need to know about the Biden administration and their claims of uh, being humanitarian and just wanting to help persecuted people. Absolute baloney. Yeah. Absolute baloney. If they wanted to help persecuted people, the first kind of people you'd help are the people who are facing a destruction of their family because they want to follow God's will as revealed in the Bible. Yeah. That's it's evil's really... number one target, children. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. It's about the kids. Mm -hmm. And how, I mean, I think it's just really remarkable that God has used everything in your life and how you described it and how you came to that realization about schooling and the education of our kids and how he's using his relationship with you to further his mission you know and it is true it's the mission to keep the kids educated at home because that's where where god is thriving in those relationships with your family you know yeah. so i just think that's really awesome well i appreciate it and, and that really is something that god has laid on my heart this is critical for the church to understand uh so much so that we actually started a ministry um i'm the executive director of what's called public school exit um i don't take a salary it's it's a labor labor of love you know i, I literally don't earn any money from it at all but uh, people can find it it's a public school exit.com uh, our goal is to uh explain to christians in particular i'd say it's a christian ministry we're focused on evangelicals uh, to explain to Christians what the Bible says about education, what is happening in the public schools, and to help churches build the lifeboats to get those children out. And so, you know, wherever we're asked to come, I, I will happily come. I, you know, again, we, we'll, um, you know, we, we don't ask for for money or anything like that, but we will happily come and preach to your congregation, explain to them what does God say about education, what's happening in, in the world system. Uh, we, we will come alongside them. We'll help them set up a Christian school. We will fund scholarships for, for needy Christian parents who, for whatever reason, can't afford to get their children out. Uh, our view is that nobody should be trapped in these schools. Um, and we believe that the, the church really has a, a very important role to play here. The church is supposed to be equipping the saints. The church is supposed to be helping to protect the sheep from the wolves. The wolves are devouring yeah. your children, folks. Yeah. And, and we get these really silly, you know, well, well we, we just preach to God. We're, we're just about the Great Commission. We don't want to get distracted with education. So we're, we're not going to say anything about that in church. Oh, so you're going to make disciples of all nations, but you're going to lose 80 to 90 percent of the children in your congregation. Oh, tell me more. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, and I say that with all due respect to the pastors who are scared uh, of speaking out here. But, you know, I, I serve on the advisory board for the Nehemiah Institute. We've been studying the, the worldview of Christians, children, uh, churches, public schools for almost 40 years now. The reality is that about 80 to 90 percent of Christian children from Christian homes who go through 12 years in a public school system, they're going to leave the church and they're going to leave the faith. Um, and that's because, uh, as the Bible tells us in Luke, uh, a, a student is not greater than his teacher. When he's fully trained, he's going to end up like his teacher. What is the system right now that is teaching our children? It is godless. It is uh, pagan. In, in yeah. the truest sense of the word. I mean, in California, they just came out of the closet. They said all the kids have to sing praises to the demonic pagan yeah, deities of so cannibalism, war and human sacrifice. That's what we're dealing with, folks. Um, and, you know, the, the Bible doesn't give really detailed instructions about what an education needs to look like. And it's not like, well, 25 credit hours of science. That should be sufficient to 14 of math, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but God tells us some of the basics. When you go to Proverbs 1, 7, you go to Proverbs 9, 10. The, mm -hmm. God tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's yes. the beginning of knowledge. And, and everybody knows there's no fear of the Lord taught in the public school system. How are your kids going to get wisdom or knowledge if there's no fear of the Lord taught there, right? Uh, everything that the public schools are teaching on every front 
is an assault on the word of God. It's an assault on the truths of Christianity. It's an assault on the family. And um, I, I do believe we need a massive exodus from the public school system right now for Christians. You know, if, if atheists want to send their kids to atheist schools, fine. If pagans <laughs> want to send their kids to pagan schools, fine. But those places are no place for a Christian. Uh, and, and I believe God is going to hold us as parents accountable for what we did with the children that he entrusted to us. They're ultimately God's children. You know, Jesus said, you give to Caesar what's Caesar's, you give to God what's God's. If your children belong to Caesar, you know, by all means, keep putting them on that yellow school bus, knowing full well they're going to be told that they might have been born in the wrong body, that God is a joke, that the Bible is, is silly, mm -hmm. that their parents are old-fashioned, that there is no morality, that there's no truth. Keep sending them to Caesar and see what happens, right? Oh, but yeah. if they belong to God, you had better take seriously God's instructions for how you are to bring them up. Um, and, you know, again, I, I recognize that it's it's not necessarily easy. I recognize it's a sacrifice and I don't want to sound like I'm too harsh or judgmental. But I, I just want to urgently express to my brothers and sisters that um, the enemy is after your children. Yeah. yeah. And you have a responsibility as parents to protect them because they're God's children. And, um, you know, the other side has understood this for a long time. They, they have understood that they were going to use the public schools to turn our children away from God, literally going back to the beginning, right? I mean, the very first people who suggested that the government ought to educate our children were people who rejected God and rejected the Bible. And if you look at all the characters who have created this abomination that we call the public school system today, every single one of the important people to a man was somebody who rejected the Bible, rejected God, and wanted to use the schools to turn our children away from their creator and away from their families and away from their parents. And, um, and, you know, as Christians, we need to speak out. We need to expose yeah. that evil and, uh, and we need to help our brothers and sisters to make the right choice here. Uh, and, and I do believe the church has a role to play. You need to help your congregation, first of yeah. all, to understand what's happening. And then second of all, to provide the resources. If you've got a single mom in your congregation who maybe can't homeschool or, or, or can't do it on her own, the members of that church need to come together and find a way to help her, but, you know, get a scholarship, put her, put the kids in a Christian school. Uh, there, there's no Christian child who should be in these godless yeah. indoctrination centers. Whatever it takes, right? Yep. Yep. I, I tell people it's like the building is on fire, right? And and if the building was on fire, nobody would talk about, well, let's go talk to the school board. Or you know, maybe I'll have a <laughs> meeting with the superintendent. Maybe I'll call my state legislators and ask them to please pass a law mandating such and such. It's it's ludicrous. If the if the building's on fire, you you run in there and you grab your children and you run. Uh, and, yeah. and yet this is actually much worse than a fire in the building. Right? Uh, a fire will hurt your children physically, right? might, might even kill them, you know, worst case scenario. But guess what? There are things much worse than physical injury. There are things much worse than death. Yes. Right? Don't fear him who can kill the body. Fear him who can send your soul to hell. Right. So, folks, we've yeah. got to take this seriously. The schools are not just destroying your children physically. And they are. Right? I mean, they're, they're chopping off the breasts from little girls, yeah. they're castrating little boys, they're putting your kids on puberty blockers. I mean, every vile thing you can imagine. They're aborting your grandbabies, uh, but they're also destroying them mentally and spiritually and, and academically. Yeah. I mean, the, the government's yeah. own data shows less than yeah. a third of them can read or write. I mean, yeah. give me a break. Right, folks, <laughs> if they can't read, how are they going to read the Bible? Uh, we've got to get serious about this as the church. And we've got to sound the alarm and we've got to do something. Yeah. And it's interesting about your story too, your your um, testimony about how you God broke through to you through the Bible. You know, his word is what broke through to you. And that moment of the Holy Spirit coming in and revealing truth to you and how now you've used that to sound the alarm here, which it really needs to be an alarm. So uh, thank you for that.
thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you guys. And you know, if anybody on this uh, feels like they might benefit from that, uh, go to publicschoolexit.com. It's it's all free resources. You know, we don't charge anybody for anything. You can download all of our stuff. Uh, you can share it with your pastor. Um, like I said, we've got scholarships for for uh, low, very low income individuals. Right? If you've got a BMW parked in your vacation house, don't come and ask us for a scholarship. <laughs> but, you know, if you really are genuinely needy, you know, we yeah. want to help. Um, and uh, we've got some extraordinary people involved with us. Uh, the former superintendent of public schools for Arizona is on our board. Uh, Steve Baldwin, the last uh, conservative chairman of the Education Committee in the California Legislature, he's on our board. So we've got people who've been trying to reform this monstrosity for for decades, and and they've now realized you can't reform it. It came from a poison seed, and so of course the fruit is poison. Um, and so we've got wonderful people. They'll be happy to talk with your pastor. They'll be happy to talk with the elders at your church. And again, whatever we can do to help, um, you know, God has called us to do this. And so that's why we're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, listeners, Indeed. please, you know, whatever sacrifice you need to make, you know, if, if, if you got to go from a full-time to a part-time job, if you got to go from two incomes to one income, whatever sacrifice that you have to make, make it. Because if you don't, your child will be the sacrifice. Yep. Do whatever you have to do. Absolutely. Alex, thank you for your time. Thank you for your testimony. You've been an absolute wonderful guest. Yeah. We appreciate everything that you're doing for this country. No, for the children. I appreciate you guys. Thank God you bless very much you, for having me on. Thank you for what you guys are doing. God bless you too. And uh, let's keep in touch. If I can do anything to serve you guys, just uh, holler at me. And thanks again. God bless you all. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you guys. And really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Well, wow, that was pretty awesome. You know yeah. what I think too? I I had the thought about, you know, all the steps that God did in his life to bring him to this, to this point right now. Yeah. And sharing your testimony about that, you don't know, like, okay, maybe somebody's listening and down the line they share it with another person or another person and that person maybe five people down the line accepts christ in their life and then god starts to use them in a way like they're using this man hmm. you know movers and shakers of truth you know because god's the foundation of all of it yes. it really is so it's awesome Matt, you still with us? You enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Um, nah, he he's an awesome speaker, really good. Uh, yeah, he speaks English better than me. <laughs> I don't even know if that's his original language. Um, Spanish was his original. Yeah, his yeah. story his story kind of remind me of the prodigal son, the yeah. kind of going into that debased state, you know, at the bottom, and then kind of working back up to that uh, recognition and reconciliation, you know, with uh, God. That was really, really interesting. Yeah. And also, awesome. I'm wondering, uh, when he learned all those languages, was he high and on drugs while he did that? Because <laughs> he said he was on drugs there for a while. So I was thinking, you know, uh, if he learned those languages then, maybe he's onto something. <laughs> Stop. That's, that's not a public service announcement. We're going to pray for you tonight, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Uh, it is an incredible thing what drugs can do to a human being. Um, you know, for you, those of you that are on social media, you see that it's like a uh, zombie plague in some cities. You see the videos of the streets and people just slumped over while they're standing up. And it's, uh, 
It's it's incredible. A lot of countries are doing it, and the and the U.S. has picked up on it. You know, in Portland, they've made a lot of this stuff legal, and they're they're really they're they're going after our children. Um, they want to preoccupy our minds with bread and circuses and drugs and uh, sterilize us with vaccines and mutilate our children. Oh, boy, we're we're really. I mean, we're not even knee deep anymore. I mean, we're up to our chin right now. We're up to yeah. our chin right now in evil. What we really got to do is get out there and spread the gospel. Yeah. My friend Becky this week has told me that she's like, you know, they're they're working on eliminating a, a generation with fentanyl. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah, so please keep us uh prayer. Prayer. I you know, there's 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 no better solution than prayer. Keep your keep your nose in that Bible and keep an open line prayer to God. That's what we gotta do. Uh if I can uh go into salvation here. Uh for those of you listening, we all have that person in our life, and I spoke about this earlier, that we love that does not know God. Keep that person in your prayer all the time. And don't be afraid to let that person know, you know, that you're, that you're praying for them. I've got a few people in my life and I, I tell them, you know, Hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Keep praying. Don't stop. That's one of our biggest weapons is prayer. It's one of our biggest weapons. Pray as much as you can pray all day long. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So please find that person that you love. Pray for him. Tell him as much as you can. Tell him everything that you can. Share, uh, share this podcast with him. You know, we've got so many testimonies on here. We've got 41 episodes of testimonies. And and one of the biggest reasons that I did this is is for, for you guys. You know, we all know someone that's dealing with something. You know, perhaps they're, they're dealing with uh, drug addiction right now. You know, Alex, Alex Newman's testimony is a great one to share with them, how they were able to overcome that. You know, everyone's dealing with sin. We're all recovering for something. Also, if I can, I'd like to read our prayer of surrender. If there's anyone listening that is not saved, either live or in the recording, this is one that you can say that'll that'll bring you to salvation. This is our prayer of surrender. Dear God, I come before you today with a humble heart and surrender my life to you believe that Jesus Christ was born free of sin, died on the cross as a payment for my own sin, and rose three days later. I believe in your gift of salvation and eternal life because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God, today I repent and turn from my old way of life. Today I ask for new life through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for forgiving me and making me brand new. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen.
Mary, would you like to close us out? Yeah, I would. I didn't see any uh, prayer requests, but I really was not paying attention too much to the chat, so I apologize for that. But um, I say, yeah, Alex was he, he was captivating. He was really yeah, good. <laughs> yes, yes. So, right, but well, I, I do know a few. Just um, you know, if you could I know pray for my we'll stepmother. Talk. Yes, let's pray for your stepmom for sure. Oh, we definitely want to pray for Jeff and Insidious. Yeah. Of course, Conley, Jim, we yeah. love you. Yeah. Yeah, the funeral was today for Sam. So uh but Sorry about that. Every single one of us that here that's here, um, you know, none of us have a perfect life. We all have something to pray about. We all have something to pray for. Lots of unspoken here, I'm sure. Mary Olean said to pray for her friend Jonathan. Okay. Struggling with demonic issues. Okay. Well, Lord, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us Friday, and thank you for giving us the Godcast to come together and to share you with so many people. And we don't even know you know, who you've already decided down the line to, to be touched by what Alex shared today. Or even just even our discussions too, Lord. And even, even in just in the chat, who's come into the chat to, tonight, Lord, and who um, is interacting, you know, with, the, with your family, your brothers, you know, your sons and daughters, our brothers and sisters. So, Lord, I, I just pray a... Uh, just a blessing over that. And um, Holy Spirit, just thank you for interjecting yourself into every part of our life. Lord, bless Alex and his family in just surprising ways, Lord. It was so awesome what he, he shared about how you came into his life through the word. And I just kind of even imagine how that would have gone. And um, just, Holy Spirit, you just work in some crazy cool ways. And so thank you for that. And so just bless him and his family and the work that he has set before him that you've already tilled the soil for. And I just pray that more people will be reached with the message that you have on his heart to share with people about educating their kids at home. And even just in the, the reporting that he does for, you know, your truth and that your truth would just reign supreme in all that he would do and say. And Lord, I also want to lift up Ron's stepmom tonight and all of her health issues and different things that are going on, Lord, that um, you would just provide a peace over the family and a peace over her mind and her heart and her soul. And that any healing that would need to be done in her body, that it would be just be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that anything that she's needed for her body to work in the way that it was designed, in her mind in the way that it was designed, that it would be provided. 
in the name of Jesus. And I pray a peace over Ron, a peace over his dad, a peace over the kids, the grandkids, you know. They love you so much, Lord. And so I know that they're praying too. And so we pray in agreement with what they're praying for health and peace. And I pray for um, just things to go smoothly in their family and that there wouldn't be a disruption in, you know, what you want them to accomplish. But I also pray for strengthening of their relationships, all of them, their relationships with you, that they would be strengthened through this. I also want to lift up Mary's friend, Jonathan, and his demonic issues that he's having. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in all the authority that we have, that we have been given, we cast out any demon that would just be upon Jonathan. In the name of Jesus, you need to go out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get off. Get off of Jonathan. And Lord, fill Jonathan with your peace, your forgiveness, your gentleness, your kindness, all of the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, self-control, all of it. Just fill Jonathan to the brim that it would push out anything from the enemy, any influence that he would be having right now from the enemy that it would just be pushed out. You have to flee, Satan. Those are the rules. God stated those rules, and God is the creator, the king of all kings. And Jesus, the name of Jesus, you have to flee. So we speak the name of Jesus over Jonathan right now. I also speak the name of Jesus over Mary, and that, Lord, just give her a sense of peace that you're in control of the situation and give her the reassurance that you're working and just bless her for coming forward about her friend. It's really something when we come forward about our friends that need you, even, you know, if, even if it's a, a case of we're feeling some demonic presence or something, Lord, we just, um, thank you for the courage for Mary to speak that tonight and bless her for that. And um, Lord, just bless Jim. Give him peace. Let him feel your presence today. And as today's activities and and the service for Sam are completing and maybe winding down, that he that he would feel you lifting him up. We pray for light. We pray for light in this situation. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for guidance and focus for Jim. We pray for those relationships and his family to be strengthened through this. 
We pray for support. He has so much support, Lord. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for all the friendships and, and family. I mean, family that has come around him. And I just pray more of that. And that for, you know, it to continue on. A lot of times, Lord, when things like this happen, we just, you know, kind of wanes after a little while. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll just infuse a fresh wind and a fresh fire of people to just continually pray for him and his family. And we thank you for the blessing that Sam was in their family and is. And we thank you for the rejoicing that he's doing in heaven right now with his aunt and his his grandma. Thank you, Jesus. For everything that's spoken and unspoken tonight. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Uh, if there's any prayer requests from anybody who's listening, you can reach out to us at this is an official godcast at gmail.com. If anyone that is listening would like to share with us their testimony, it certainly would be a blessing. You can reach out to us at this is an official godcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Telegram, Facebook, X. And uh, with that, we're going to close out. So my dearest friends, let us not forget, we are here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to share the gospel with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, find that person in your life that you love that does not know him, and share your testimony. Do it today. Thank you, guys. Good night. Sometimes it's hard to breathe. Love you all. Well. shout at me. Try to bring me to my knees. And it's overwhelming. Darn as echoes all around. Feels like everything is crashing down. Still, I know when my hope is found. And it's only you and ooh. You say you're working everything for my good and
strong. I know that my hope is found in the name of Jesus. Ooh, you say you're working everything for my good. everybody we look forward to seeing you next week next week what's going on danica mila b what is up we are excited about that and uh we'll be here same time 7 p.m eastern time right here on podbean we'll see you then yeah see ya good night, folks. Good night everybody love you